Hello. Being more absorbed by inland waters than those of the deep blue briny, my attentions are usually drawn to the latter, only when, say, reminiscing about seaside holidays or when some violent storm or tragedy hits the six o'clock news. Yet I recognise that here on the Welsh borders, although the barn be some 75 miles or so from the nearest stretch of Welsh coastline, dismissing the shorter hop to the Bristol Channel, if that counts as sea. The presence of seagulls on the wired Hereford, some 20 miles even further inland from us, is indicative of something wild going on out there that has driven the poor creatures temporarily to a more peaceful haven. For those actually out in the Irish Sea during such torrid times, and in an enduring saga that is replicated around the planet, the requirement for reliable navigational aids is paramount. Nowadays, technology allows for pinpoint positioning via satellite links and GPS. Yet it is not so very long ago that mariners reposed their faith almost exclusively in the reassuring familiarity of a lighthouse. The Victorian era was the zenith of lighthouse building around Wales. While some were built as a proactive safeguard, many were bored out of tragedies. The great storm over the 25th and 26th of October 1859 saw some 133 ships wrecked around the Welsh coast alone. Accruing a death toll of over 800, the natural disaster is also known as the Royal Charter Storm, after the ship of the same name that was driven onto the east coast of Anglesey with the loss of more than 450 lives. The word rugged does not do these parts full justice and the coastline is synonymous with bleakness intertwined with Celtic legend. No surprise that it is extensively photographed. Uh, one of the more unusual interpretations might still be tucked in your old vinyl record collection if you bought Siren, the 1975 Roxy Music album featuring singer Brian Ferry's blossoming love interest at the time, model and actress Jerry Hall, scantily clad and begat with a flowing mane of golden hair, lying mermaid-like on rocks near South Stackett Anglesey. Yes, rugged indeed, and those ancient mariners had much cause to give thanks to the development of what we might refer to as the modern lighthouse, which until the 19th century was essentially nothing more than a fire or illumination on a prominent spot. As sea trade increased, such rudimentary measures were clearly inadequate. The problem was not a new one, and in a letter to his wife dated 17th of July 1757, after narrowly avoiding a shipwreck, Benjamin Franklin wrote, Were I a Roman Catholic, perhaps I should on this occasion vow to build a chapel to some saint. But, as I am not, if I were to vow at all, it should be to build a lighthouse. On the 18th of May 1824, Robert Lucas Chance purchased the works of the British Crown Glass Company, on the borders of Smethwick and a rapidly developing Birmingham. His brother William joined him in 1832 and sealed the future for a company that was to become the largest glassmaker in the land and which in the following decades produced specialist glass at a scale unprecedented in the UK for clients of every hue. In doing so, the company made an invaluable contribution to the development of the country's modern economy and in light of the Admiral Chance philanthropy on society itself. The supply of glass for the Crystal Palace, constructed to house the Great Exhibition of 1851, was probably the company's most famous single project. 
Other notables include the glass for the clock tower, or since the Queen's Jubilee of 2012, now more accurately known as Elizabeth Tower that is home to Big Ben, and ornamental windows in the White House, USA. Elihu Burritt, author of the 1868 classic Walks in the Black Country, and coiner of that memorable phrase, the black country, black by day and red by night, commented on chance, in no other establishment in the world can one get such a full idea of the infinite uses which glass is made to serve, as in these immense works. The company traded on its reputation as the greatest glass manufacturer in Britain, and an increasingly diverse output included decorative slump glass fiesta ware for the table, rolled plate glass, large sheet glass and cathode ray tubes. Chance for pioneers in the development of the sumo pump and other cutting-edge innovations, but it was their design and production of lanterns for the first generation of modern lighthouses to consistent standards of clarity and luminescence, which was arguably the company's greatest achievement. Chance's development of the Fresnel lens system, in which a suffusing light source is focused into a penetrating beam, contributed immensely to maritime safety and the saving of lives, a field wherein it reigned supreme for over a century and the legacy of which can still be seen in virtually every lighthouse around the globe. For more than 130 years, Chance Brothers was one of the most important industrial employers in the Midlands and its workshops extended across nearly 30 acres southwards from the current site into the North Smethwick area. There are many former employees alive today who, along with their families, remember with affection the provenance of the company and the sense of communal solidarity that it created. Those same factors that decimated much of the glass industry both locally and beyond were exacerbated in Chance's case by cash flow problems and it slowly declined throughout the 20th century until the final lock was clicked into place in 1981. Since then, it has suffered the inexorable spiral of decline, vandalism and sundry commercial use that was neither sensitive to the ethos nor entirely in keeping with the provisions of what is now a scheduled monument. The site has retracted considerably, but the nine acres or so that remain contain an eclectic mix of buildings and artefacts, many of which are in a distressed state. Yet its stock remains are still very much extant, and no one can drive along the M5 without noticing the imposing seven-storey building of 1847 vintage nestling between two lines of canal. A connection with inland waterways is no coincidence. The new main line of the Birmingham Canal Navigations cuts arrows straight through the site, and together with the old main line meandering nearby at the high level, once played a key role in the company's infrastructure and operations. I need not recount the sorry saga of continuing decay of the Chance site throughout the ensuing decades, but will instead fast forward to 2016 and the official launch of the Chance Glassworks Heritage Trust. The Trust's vision is for a mixed-use development with due recognition to the archaeology and history of the site, in particular its glassmaking heritage and its legacy on the surrounding economy and environment. This is intended as a community-focused regeneration in which public consultation will be encouraged at every stage, thereby reintegrating the site with the people it will once again serve. I declare an interest here in being one of the original trustees. Significantly, it is proposed the site will be made a nouveau iconique by the inclusion of a full-sized replica lighthouse, the likes of which help make chance recognisable throughout the realm. 
This will be a symbolic acknowledgement of Chance's exceptional achievements and his contribution as a world leader in the technology of the time. Meanwhile, back in the day when navigators were at the mercy of perilous seas off the Welsh coast, and for that matter just about anywhere else, they can be forgiven for perhaps not being mindful that their nautical endeavours were being aided immeasurably by a company located on the fringes of the black country at one of the farthest points from the ocean in Great Britain that it is possible to get. Enjoy your black country and do join me again soon for more Tales from the Barn.